Have you ever dreamed of going to Hollywood and making it big? Well, these are the stories of people who have made it, just in a different way. They're the unsung heroes behind the screens that make movies and television come to life. Welcome to the Right Scuff Podcast, where we talk about films and interview those who are just starting their careers to some of the biggest names in production and post-production. Our mission is to inspire you through the true stories of people who have achieved their dreams. We'll be talking to Foley artists, screenwriters, sound editors, picture editors, the list goes on. And for film fans, we'll be focusing on sound and what it takes to create Foley. Hi, I'm Sarah. I'm a writer. And I'm John, a professional Foley artist in the film business for over 40 years. He's worked on over 500 films and is a 37-time nominated and 9-time MPSD winner for big titles such as Inception, The Matrix, and The Dark Knight. You can find us online at therightscuff.com and please be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes. Welcome to our latest podcast. This is a little different today in that it's just me, myself and I along with Sarah. And uh, potentially Stefan. And potentially Stefan talking about just kind of things that come up in my mind randomly so uh, watch out folks but I am actually going to go back to the time machine um, and I think you might find this interesting. I, of course, started in Los Angeles, and I saw a, in the LA Weekly, there was an article concerning Foley, and it had in its two Foley artists at the time that were at the top of their game, Ross Taylor, Ken Malone. I thought, that's kind of interesting, but I never really thought more about it. And then, of course, as you've heard from my history, Joan Rowe, walking by, where are you going? All of a sudden, now, I'm going in to meet um, Tip... And Ted Gamillion, and a whole host of people really came from uh, Gamillion Sound. Mark Mangini, Steve Flick, uh, Richard Anderson, uh, Ben Bird actually was there at one point with a room, I'm told, uh, and a host of other people that um, have gone on to do incredible work. And it was... uh, it was an environment that was just very frenetic, and I mostly worked on you know low budget films, and I still didn't really know which end was up. But you know Joan's enthusiasm, and then Bob Duchesne, the mixer, really helped um, move it along for me to um, to really kind of begin to learn my craft. Now, during this time, one moment, I there's a film I forget the name of it where it was a low angle shot. Imagine this where we're on a woman's high heels, filling the frame, and then she's walking away from us, and the camera's either slowly dolling back or panning back. I don't remember which. So we're getting into a much larger shot. So the footsteps start close and go way back. Well, of course, uh, I did that and moved on. Next thing you know, Ted calls me into the dub stage, where everybody is has stopped. They turn and look at me, and Ted goes, look at this. Starts rolling the film, and there's the shot. The f- foreground feet of the woman in her high heels. But it's really out of sync. It's weird. It's like she's walking, walking, walking. Up, oh, all of a sudden, my footsteps start. And he goes, see, what's wrong with you? I said, Ted, are you kidding? I wish I were that good. To be able to walk it like that, that out of sync, I don't think so. Turned out the recorder we were using which was supposed to be what's called cell sync. That is an interlock between the uh, projector and the uh, recorder. The nut on the take-up supply 
was not correct. So the machine would, quote, drift. Nobody picked up on this because it seemed like it was still in cell sync. So as we got further and further into the reel, things got more and more out of sync. And of course, how did this happen? Well, this particular film, he did not, quote, cut the Foley, unquote. So there is a uh, abject lesson for you all out there. Always, underline, underscore, repeat, always cut the Foley. So, and when I think I've cut the dot, 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 that brings me to another thing. I'm going to jump ahead now into Taj Soundworks. This is a place I had where Tim Sadler, my direct partner, then Alan Goodman, who owned the building, and then Ed Bannon, who to this day has still helped me immensely. In fact, he helped to design with me and others the current Foley stage at uh, the ranch. Anyway, we're playing back for Mel Brooks, a a section of this film, to be or not to be. And it was a, literally, we were on a legitimate stage and the curtain rings down. You know, they, they finish their thing, curtain comes in, you know, as, as a big curtain does back in the day. So, you know, I had taken some large uh, fabric, oh, there's like almost velour-like, and then ran my fingernails down it. So I made kind of like slidey sound because I thought, well, that maybe would sound good. Like, you know, how ah, it comes down, right? So we're playing back and all of a sudden, Curtain rings down, and Mel Brooks goes, wait, wait, what? The Zuz, the Zuz, cut the Zuz. We're like, what, Zuz? He goes, that, 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 that sound for the, the coming down of the curtain, the Zuz. No, no, cut the Zuz. Well, ever since then, anytime <laughs> we do a cue which has a lot of sound like that, if you will, a lot of, you know, motion on uh, fabric, et cetera, we call it Zuz. So thank you, Mel. Uh, <laughs> so is that how his accent goes? I have no idea, but that's <laughs> that's my uh, best interpretation of it. That's your Mel Brooks impression. Yeah, in case folks. Anyone wants to hire you? Exactly. Don't don't hold me to that, folks. Um, well, as I say, we're going to kind of jump around now. My big breaks, if you will, were with, of course, Chameleon Sound, then also Gordon Ecker, and then Chuck Campbell. Now, Gordon Ecker uh, was a and we will have him on this podcast at some point, which I'm really happy about because he is a wealth of information. And he worked on Jaws. Now, back then, Jaws was not done, uh, let's say, one. There was one editor kind of supervising, and then other editors would get the reels. And uh, Verna Fields, who was a picture editor on that film, was also a sound editor. And she said to, to Gordon, because she knew he was going to do this reel six, which I believe was the reel where the... Um, shark jumps up in the boat. That is the boat, um, the engine breaks down, etc. So, you know, and he had to fully do all sorts of things. And boy, he said he was pulling his hair out, uh, getting the Foley good for that. Nothing against universal people there, by the way. Just, just, it was not easy. So he kind of made a pact to himself. He said, well, you know what? I am going to, next time I, I get a film, if I can, I'm going to see if I can come up with something else Foley-wise. Lo and behold, he gets a call to do a film, and um, now he did two of them. One was the Brinks job, and that what got him, and he'll explain more about this when he, his segment, got him, let's say, off the lot, so to speak, off the universal lot, but still within their auspices. And then he got a film called Twinkle, Twinkle, Killer Kane, or, as it was released, The Ninth Configuration. And that was a film by William Peter Blatty, who, of course, if you look up his name as an author, you'll be interested to see what film's he was involved with. Anyway, he's directing that film. How is this germane? I get a call from this guy, Gordon Necker. It goes, uh, John, I, I hear you do Foley, and uh, I would like to interview you. Sure. Of course, I was a chameleon at the time. 
So he says, uh, come to this address. It was in uh, Beverly Hills. I'm thinking, wow, this is Hollywood. It's really kind of cool, man. Let's, let's, let's go. So I jump in my little car, drive over there. Wow, huge place. And I walk in, and I'm thinking, wow, Gordon's really doing well. These sound editors make a lot of money. He, he, he meets me at the door. He says, no, this is William Peter Blatty's place. I'm like, oh, okay. He goes, but come over here. I'd like you to meet him. And as I'm walking over, I notice, my God, there's a tennis court in the backyard. And uh, who's playing? Martina Navratilova is playing in the backyard, was sparring, uh, you know, just hitting around with somebody. I'm like, oh, wow. Okay. So we sit down, and he's got a moviola there. And, and Blatty says to him, you know, uh, I want to make sure that um, each character that's on screen, his, each footstep has a different sound. And I mean, this film probably had 20 main characters and a dog, a poolie, which looks, looks like a huge mop. So I looked at Gordon. He goes, can you do that? I go, no problem. I'm thinking to myself, I don't know how I'm going to do that, but I'll, we'll figure something out. So he goes, you know, I've been thinking about this too. There is a place called Warren Sound West. Um, and I know somebody named Peter Simoleon who just took it over for, from this gentleman that had been there. And let's go over there and look at that place. So I go over there and we look at it and by God, uh, this guy, Peter Simone said, you know what? If you're really interested in doing Foley here, I will help build some pits and actually will build some baffles because to my knowledge, there were no such thing back then. In fact, those were actually hard sided baffles. One was an actual hard side. The other was um, much softer. We'll use those to change reflection in the room. Anyway, long story short, now all of a sudden we're able to or let us, Gordon was able to kind of get customized Foley. In fact, he would be in the corner with a pair of headphones, as would I, because the console was in the room with us. So there was no, uh, there was no actual stage and then control room. So I had to wear cans. And it was great, though, because he would direct me. He would, you know, say, you know, that really is good there for that guy, but, you know, can you give him a little more scuff there? Or make, you know, he's a little, probably a little more scared here. And, you know, it was really a collaboration, in a, essence, between a director and an actor. And it was great. I really learned a lot because, again, now I'm listening to myself through the mic, okay, and, and learning all these, these really neat things, you know, how you move to move to and from the mic, move off the mic. I don't remember the name of the mixer back then. In fact, it might have even been Peter. So that was really, really a lot of fun. And, of course, you know, I'm still bouncing around Chameleon, and then I get a call from this guy named Chuck Campbell. He says, well, look, you know, I hear that you do Foley. I'd like to meet you. So I go over and meet him at um, this place on uh, Seward Street, and it was called Tadeo. And literally, he walks out of a Foley stage and hands me a, a cloth for movement. He goes, you know what, I just got a call from Barbara. I have to go do some ADR. Can you go in and work with my partner, David Pettyjohn? I said, sure. So, you know, in I go, and we start doing a little movement for this film called um, uh, The Main Event, which is a Barbara Streisand film. And... And that was uh, interesting because, again, back then you wouldn't, you would have potentially uh, sound editors do Foley with you or even by themselves. I was more of a hybrid. I was actually only doing Foley. So I knew things in a sense that maybe David wouldn't. And uh, from that, that created an incredible uh, relationship between myself and Chuck. And of course, then, like I say, Warren Sound West is where I started with Gordon. And I owe a debt of gratitude to, to, uh, Ted, but because I was getting so much work with Gordon and Chuck, I went to Ted in the hallway one day at Gamelia. I said, you know, Ted, can I, can I talk to you for a second? Oh, sure. So, you know, I, I feel a real debt of gratitude. You helped me get my start, and I really 
really enjoy the people here. I'm getting so many calls outside of Gamillion for work though, and I'm being paid so much more money. Is it possible I could get a raise? I mean, just maybe something that's split the difference between what you're paying me now, what it would get outside. He goes, you know, that's a good idea. I'm thinking, oh, this is great. He goes, in fact, you know what? You're fired. I'm like, oh, really? Yep. Well, I packed up my props, left there, said goodbye to Bob, et cetera. And uh, that actually was, um, put me onto the path of really, really being able to spread my wings. Because um, I don't know that the Gamillion had the best reputation. I don't say that to knock them. It was an incredible training ground. But uh, it really then freed me up to really get into this wonderful profession we called Foley and all the people I met along the way. So really, I want to kind of end this by saying... Um, this is a short and sweet one, but I hit upon some subjects we're definitely going to delve into in great detail at some point. Now, Chuck, of course, is no longer with us, unfortunately. So I will do a segment just about him in honor of him. Um, in fact, he honored me by the motion picture sound editors uh, for whatever reason felt that they wanted to uh, give me a Lifetime Achievement Award. And Chuck presented it to me, and that was really one of the highlights of my career, I'll tell you. And uh, when I think about it now, I tear up because, folks, it's not about the tools, it's about the people. About the people you meet along the way, the people that hold you up through good times and bad times in your business and your personal life, etc. So since we're coming up close to a holiday here, I do want to wish everybody a, a wonderful Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, uh, happy, happy Hanukkah. Hanukkah. Exactly. I hadn't forgotten. And uh, any other wonderful holiday that's coming up and... Uh, do listen, uh, please, and ask any questions. Uh, I've been around for a while, so I think 40 years. So, I, you know, I know a couple tricks or two. If, and uh, We do have some questions saved up for you. I think we'll get into it oh. after the holiday season, if you don't mind. I don't mind. I'd love to take it. Well, so here's the plan. Since I'm working so much coming up, I need to take like a two-week break from okay. the podcast, and then we'll be back in January is what I'm thinking, and we'll do an FAQ, and I was thinking maybe like a goals, like how to set up realistic goals in the film industry and how to achieve your goals for the year. Um, what do you think? Good idea. I mean, that's a great one for January because that's typically when people like go, okay, let's see, uh, let me review my, my life and... Uh, the past year. Right. And, and set out new goals. I think that's a great idea. Yeah. So I'm thinking a goal podcast coming up, a questions podcast. So you have three weeks, two weeks-ish to think of your questions, to send them to us. Again, I do have some that people have asked, which is wonderful. We love that. Keep it up. And like you said. Okay. And what I got to tell you in LA, I'm hoping to talk more to Gordon, by the way, because I do okay. really want to get that going. In fact, I've got a feeling his is going to be a two-parter. There's going to be so much material. Yeah. coming up, everybody. So meanwhile, happy holidays, everybody. Be careful out there. Have a happy holiday. The right scuff. We'll see you all in 2018. Yikes. Wow. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Bye.